Hi, this is The Rocket Recovery. This is Angie Meadows. And this is Bobby Snyder. And we're coming to you today from Huntington, West Virginia. And we want to tell you, uh, we've done three books now. We've done The Anxiety. Uh, and if you don't overcome, uh, overcome your anxiety, you're going to go to Torment. And if you don't overcome your torment, you're going to go to Trauma. And those books we have finished, The 12 Lessons on Anxiety, The 12 Lessons on Torment, and The 18 Lessons on Trauma. And if you don't take care of your trauma, now your spirit and your soul disconnects. So book number four is Rock and Recovery, Spirit and Soul Disconnect. And we're going to talk about uh, your spirit and your soul and what the differences are. And then the other lessons are going to be emotional regression, your roots of depression, undisciplined thinking, uh, the different types of consciences, like the 12 kinds of immature consciences, uh, trials of rejection, oppressive spirits, oppressive attitudes, and how not to agree with them, understanding the things that defile you, and then we're going to go to finding balance, learning how to be steadfast versus faint-hearted and to identify your bondage, and then we're going to learn how to suffer well. And at the end of this book, Bobby, there's a lot of devotions, and there's like eight Bible studies. There's small group rules, uh, rules for moderators, leadership guides, good follower guides. So this is a really good overall book, and um, it's actually probably my favorite because it gives me the most practical lessons to be able to heal myself, to be able to nurture myself. So let's kick off lesson number one with understanding your spirit. I am paying attention. I'm just trying to dial this in. <laughs> so understanding your spirit, Scripture says, I have given them glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. That's John 17, 22. So here's what I want to talk about. If I am stuck in the physical circumstances of my life, if I'm stuck in my problems, if I'm trying to fix, manage, and control people, I'm literally into matter. I'm into the physical realm, and things are hard for me. Things don't move easily. I, I, I don't flow out of joy. But if I'm living in the spirit, I'm living from heaven to earth instead of from the problems of the earth trying to beg heaven to help me. Instead, I'm living from the glory of heaven, from the joy and from the peace and from the safety and the comfort of heaven, and I'm enjoying my life. And I'll catch myself singing all day long. But if I drop into my soulish, fleshly realm, I'm going to realize that I've got suffering and things that are clinging to me that aren't doing me good. So let's uh, read the introduction. Living in your spirit is your real self. Mm. It is peaceful and comfortable and moves and breathes from a higher dimension of love. You will be free to sing and enjoy life and connect with others. The soul is the moral and emotional nature of human beings. It has been described as our mind, will, and emotions. Yes, so I want to be able to be peaceful, to be comfortable in my own skin, to be able to move and breathe and, and have confidence and... Uh, to, to, to just feel like that I can I can enjoy my life. Right. And coming from the side of uh, the addict or the alcoholic, uh, which is why I'm here, um, <laughs> uh, that's a tough place to get. Um, that's a tough place to get to because my life really thrived on chaos before I got sober. My life was uh, really dependent on uh, how much stuff could be going on. And once everything settled down, I really felt uncomfortable. 
Well, I think uh, in addiction, there's a, or even an enabler, because an enabler is an addict too. They're just uh, addicted to helping other people, helping their addicts stay, to stay sober and stay sane. And so I think we live out of exaggerated emotions. And everything's loud and noisy upstairs in our heads, and it's very difficult to settle ourselves. So number one, the spirit is the part of you which can live in a higher dimension connected to God. Number two. Number two, the body either obeys the soulish emotions or it is mastered by your spirit man. So I don't want to obey my emotions. If I'm angry, I don't want to obey that anger. I, I want to acknowledge it. I want to figure out what's hurting me, what made me angry, what boundary I need to set up, what I need to resolve in my life. And as I drop into my spirit, now I get out of my conscious mind into my subconscious mind and I can see and hear and feel the things that are blocking me and blocking my energy and blocking me from the Lord, blocking me from safety, from peace, from joy, and I can start releasing those things and healing them. You want me to read next? Yep, go ahead. <laughs> I thought I was taking the even number. <laughs> uh, number three, if we do relationships out of the soul, we can, we can vacillate between poor decision-making and intense confusion. We will be left feeling rejected and like a failure. Good relationships are spiritually connected. Yes. Boy. Yeah, when you can spiritually connect with somebody, now you have connected with a trust bond. And you, you don't need them to act a certain way, and you're not afraid of their emotions. You're not afraid of their crazy side, their whiny side, their grumpy side, their hateful side. You're not afraid because you have spiritually connected with the heart of them that... Um, that where they love from does that make sense and all those other things are 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 behaviors and emotions that they're probably releasing and that and if they have to stuff them if they have to be real careful in their relationships and walk on eggshells those emotions are going to come out other ways but if they're safe you'll get the grumpy you'll get the bitter you'll get the hateful not coming at you but coming out so that they can hear it and process it and be free and safe to enjoy life. And as soon as they get it out, it has no power over them. Does that make sense, Bobby? Absolutely. I just can't get comfortable. Today. I see that. Squirming, squirming. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Number four. <laughs> Number four, it's your soul man that carries offenses and wounds, which can end in depression and self-destruction. Look at that. So my spirit man does not receive offense and wounds. It literally uh, looks at them. I can see them, but I release them, and I don't let them cling to me and dominate my thinking or my life. Number five. Number five, but the inner spirit man is the core of your being, which can commune with God and is not self-conscious and walks in the fruit of the spirit. This is called walking on higher ground above fickle emotions and temporal circumstances. Mm, that, that fruit of the Spirit, we discussed all of nine fruits of the Spirit in the last book. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, and the self-control. And that's where I want to practice. That's where I want to live out of. I don't want to live out of bitterness and anger and, and suffering and anxiety and fretfulness and confusion and worry. I really want to live out of that higher man because now... I'm above all these circumstances, and they don't have power to, do, to dominate my thinking or dominate my life. I get that. Number six. Number six, the voice of the soul is harsh and critical. The voice of the spirit is loving, kind, and encouraging. 
Hmm. So if I'm listening to myself and I'm negative and beating myself up and I'm critical, I've got a lot of soulish stuff going on. I've got a lot of inner turmoil. But if I'm listening to the Spirit, the Spirit's always loving. It's always kind. It's always uplifting. It's always encouraging. So I want you to start recognizing when you're too harsh, when you're too critical with yourself or with others. Okay, so we're going to do an exercise here. Identify which realm you live in, the soulish realm or the spirit realm. So you uh, say the soulish and I'll say the spirit. Um, if you experience betrayal. Uh, the spirit man is going to experience love, joy, and peace. The soul man, I'm a soul man, <laughs> feels disappointment. And instead I want to live out of patience, kindness, and goodness. Soul man is critical and condemning. Instead, I want to live out of faithfulness. Negative or moody. Instead, I want to be gentle. Judging and pushing others away. Instead, I want to have self-control and good boundaries. Ungodly beliefs. Instead, I want to be righteous and humble. I don't have to understand everything. Soul man's going to experience rejection. And instead, I want to reject rejection and feel acceptance. Uh, soul man is un unregenerated. And instead I want to regenerate myself with the fruit of the Spirit by practicing that, by practicing encouraging myself. Soul man is self-love or selfish, self-centered. Yes, and the Spirit man has a sanctified self, a sanctified love, but he's other-centered. Um, soul man experiences guilt and shame. Where a Spirit man is free to worship God. Soul man is self-righteous. Instead, I'm free to enjoy my life. A soul man experiences self-condemnation. Instead, I'm free to command my body. Because if I'm condemning myself, I don't have any energy to move forward and to grow. I'm really just stuck in this pattern. The soul man will have a uh, hard exterior shell of pride. And instead, I'm going to be emotionally stable. I'm not going to have fear bonds. I'm going to have trust bonds, and I'm going to be trusting God that he's got something here for me to learn. The soul man may be easily wounded and timid or insecure. And instead, I'm going to be single-minded. Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you. I trust you. My first relationship is going to be with God, with my higher power, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be connecting with him and not allowing wounds and insecurity to dominate my mind and my thinking and my life. Soul man will be full of confusion, double-minded. Hmm. Whenever I'm double-minded, I want to wrestle that, and I want to come to a place of confidence. The last one. Ah, soul man will be isolated with trust issues. Yes, I want to be connected with God and others. So there is uh, a, a time that I just have to exercise my trust muscle. Um, I want to be able to choose people that are trustworthy, that uh, delight in me, that enjoy my company, and that are humble and can do good relationships. And those are hard to find sometimes. I don't know if I really like this list. Because <laughs> I am all over that left-hand side of the soul you. man. I hear you. I hear you. Golly, those are things that I totally relate with and totally do. Well, um, What an eye-opener. Yeah, so so we have to intentionally live out of the Spirit. I'm not going to live out of the Spirit if I don't wrestle that about 10 times a day. And because I'm an enabler and because I have exaggerated emotions and racing thoughts and you know all that natural negativity, I've got to wrestle that and I've got to speak to myself in the words of the Lord. And I've got to replace that with promises of God. 
Note to self, go back and listen to this podcast. (laughs) Application, Bobby. (laughs) A spiritual person full of God has the capacity to hold the pain of others. Ooh. So when I was uh, out there for decades uh, with my suffering with my loved ones that were in in serious addiction, I I mean, all I did was go around and around and around the bush of temporal circumstances, problems, pains, trying to fix things, move things, manage things. And, and, you know, everybody kind of put their hand up and said, you know, we're done with this. This is too bad. And no one could really hold my pain. So the one thing I try to do when I'm working with uh, loved ones uh, that have uh, loved ones in addiction or those that are in addiction is I try to hold their pain. I try to say, bring it here, bring it here, bring it on. Uh, Let me love you through this, whether... Uh, you know, whether you were molested, whether your child died, whether this happened or that happened, you know, horrible things have happened to them and they don't have the capacity to share that pain with anybody because nobody can hold it. Instead, it seemed to me that people could sympathize with me for a little while, but not for decades, not till I worked myself through that. (laughs) They just didn't have the, and I get that, but but man, we've got to be able to get in there, to get in that deep, dark place with people and hold their pain and just say, you know, I don't know how to help you, but I'm not going nowhere. I'm right here. Gotcha. Well, this person can love others right where they are in life without judging. This person can see their own struggle and shortcomings and wrestle the soulish inner self to keep it subdued. So they're there for me. Uh, you know, I said I was all over that left-hand side. Um, but being aware of that is... The first step to doing something about it. That's right. And and don't judge yourself. Uh, you know, you are where you are. It's, it's your journey. It's your growth pattern. And, it, and it's okay. Yeah. I don't have to be somewhere else today. I just have to gently start allowing God to move me into that trusting relationship with Him. And then I feel like other things will flow out of that. I am usually my biggest critic. <laughs> well, you know, that... Um, that's that soulish voice uh, be- beating me up all <laughs> See, the look, time. See, look, I'm doing it already. Beating me up all the time instead of, what's, what's the Lord going to say? He's going to say, man, I, I knew you before I formed you. I loved you before you were ever here. You've always been in my heart. Your sins are as far as east is from the west. My thoughts of you are more than the thoughts of the sand on the seashore. I, I just love you, and there's nothing you could ever do to escape my love. Now, that's... A loving God. And a lot of us don't have a picture of that tender, loving kindness and that mercy. So we feel like God's that judge that's always beating us up. And that's putting ourselves back under the law, back under uh, condemnation, and not walking in the grace of God. So read the scripture in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, for what is unseen is eternal. Yeah, and I had to do that. I had to get above the temporary things in my life and start looking at at where is God leading me? Where is my vision for the future? Where can I take this and reshape it and transform it and make myself into a better person and be more compassionate for others. And I can't do that if I'm stuck in this earthly realm. I can only do that when I'm working out of his power. Okay, so here's a caution. This is not performance. 
Oh. <laughs> really, I'm a good actor. Come on. <laughs> this is not trying harder or doing better. This is enjoying the presence of a loving God within. There's the key. Yeah. There's the key. Presence. Let God come presence. out there. me through my actions. That's right. Keep going. Achieving spiritual maturity brings peace. Maturity gives us the flexibility to walk in love. Fears and insecurities will disappear as you praise the Lord for what he is doing in you and for you. You will no longer need to hide and feel discouraged or alone. Connectedness will become easier. The, this beautiful inner spirit person will seek fellowship with God and others. How about that? And you're not going to be afraid to connect, nor are you going to feel like other people have to give to you. You know, when you're like grasping, you're love starved and you're just, you're just empty. It's very difficult to grow. But when you just sit with the presence of God and you let him fill you up, now your cup is full, and now you can sit there till you're overflowing, and now you have something to give, because you really can't give from an empty cup. I've been able to pay attention. You know, God, I, I went through a, not a, I guess traumatic, I'm, I'm going through something right now, um, and yesterday, instead of isolating, which is, I almost isolate all the time, I sought out uh, another place to go that I have, I've lived in Huntington for 11 years and had never been to this particular meeting. Uh, and I went there last night, and there were people there I knew, people that I haven't seen in a long time. And Good for you. you. Know, it was really, really cool, man. You did something different. You, yeah. you actually you actually jumped a hurdle. I had to change it. You know, instead of sitting down here and wallowing and feeling sorry for myself because something didn't work out the way I wanted it to, I did what I was been taught to do. Um, <laughs> and, for, uh, and, and you know what? Today's even a better day than, it, than I thought it was going to be. I thought I was going to have a miserable weekend, but you know what? It's okay. So what you're saying is you've learned to detach from that, not because you care less, but because you care more for your sanity and your inner peace. Absolutely. <laughs> so your soulish being will only seek deliverance from uncomfortable circumstances. Your soulish man will entertain guilt, shame, and self-condemnation. This attitude will continually judge yourself and others harshly. It will keep you blocked from your ability to freely choose to enjoy your day, and you will not know the joy and the peace as a lifestyle. Wow. A lifestyle. That goes along with, you know, we talk about uh, being this recovered person and this person of God is no longer uh, uh, what I do, but it's who I am. It's who I am. Right. Yeah. So my identity. Yes. Slow learner over here. <laughs> Keep reading. <laughs> so the spirit man will seek relationship with God no matter what the circumstances. Mm, 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 mm. So I'm not going to be saying, God, now if you work this out, now God, if you fix that, now God, if you work them out, now God, if you change that. Instead, I'm going to say, no matter what comes. No matter what comes, Lord, I'm I'm going to keep coming back to you, keep coming back to you, keep coming back to you, and I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you take everything and turn it to your glory. So working harder is not the key. Abiding and dwelling in Jesus Christ as your firm foundation is your spiritual health. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. That's John fifteen seven. Hmm. So as God's words remain in me, the really cool thing is he takes my heart and he moves it and he shifts it. As I yield, as I surrender, as I humble myself before him, as I fight with my uh, anxieties and my fears and my depression and lay them on the altar and I give him those ashes and I let him make them something beautiful, now his words are remaining in me. And as his words remaining in me, now I can say, Lord, what are you doing with this? 
how do you want me to use this? And now I'm growing. And now I can ask whatever, whatever he has put in my heart because my heart and his heart is one. Next verse. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That's Matthew six thirty three. So do you see how I've taken maybe a circumstance or something that was uncomfortable, and I've just laid it before him and said, now make this into your righteousness. Make this into your kingdom. Show me what you're doing here. And instead of getting stuck and going back around and around that desert mountain, you know, I'm just going to be moving and saying, I don't, I don't understand this, and, and I don't need to understand. I'm just moving forward with you, Lord. I'm just doing good. Keep going. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. That's Galatians 5, 24, and 26. Mm-hmm. Let us not become conceited, provoking, or envying, but let us live in the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. Set your mind on things above and not on earthly circumstances. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Colossians 3, 2 through 3. So when I have died to myself, I've died to my self-will, I've just said, Lord, I have no will of my own. Take my will and take it and turn it wherever you want it to go. Now I'm going to be able to live out of heaven. So let's see what this looks like. The earthly versus the heavenly. I'll read the earthly. You read the heavenly. I'm giving you the good ones. (laughs) (laughs) Earthly nature has to be put to death. Uh, God's chosen people are holy and dearly loved. Yes, and I, I think that holiness comes from purity, a pure love, a sincere heart, a sincere love that's not selfish, that's not unkind, but it's just literally wanting what's good. And it says, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, you used to walk in these things before you knew Christ, Colossians 3, 5. Um, and on the other side of it, it says, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And that's Colossians 3.12. So I think when we have compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, we're ready for a relationship where we cannot be, where we're not going to be relationally dependent, but we're going to be serving each other. And so when we become relationally dependent, now we've made the partner our idol, and now there's no way they could ever give us enough. But when I'm working out of that faithfulness of a gentle, loving God, and my heart is pure for him. Now he can bring me somebody that will be a good partner. Okay, so now I want to rid myself of all these things. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language. Colossians 3.8. Um, bear with each other and forgive what grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. That's Colossians 3.13. And sometimes wounds are so deep, Bobby, that it doesn't, you're, it's not going to be something I can just do once. It's something that I've got to wrestle with for six or eight weeks and wrestle intentionally. And my emotions are going to take some time to catch up. It's like if I purpose to obey and say I forgive, it may be six weeks of me saying that every day, ten times a day, before I actually feel like forgiveness and feel like praying and blessing on that person. It may take some time, and it's okay. So do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator, Colossians 3.9. So i got to take off the old self. i got to stop lying to myself. 
So when you take that off, then you can put on, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds us together in perfect unity. Hmm. Colossians 3.14. I like that. All right. So there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end is death. Proverbs 16.25. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. You you were called to peace and be thankful. Colossians 3.15. Okay. So if I'm... um, Walking in bitterness, I've lost my peace. If I'm walking in my problem, I've lost my peace. <laughs> if I'm walking in my anxiety, I do not have my peace. So the one yeah, way it's to gonna show all over yeah, you. Yeah, oh yeah. So the one way to get peace is to be grateful. Lord, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that I have you, that I have a bed, that I have a pillow, that I have a blanket, that I have food. You know, whatever is in your life that you can be grateful for, start being grateful. Tons. Yeah, so put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, being made new in the attitude of your minds, and put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. I was created to be like God. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. Mm. Colossians 3.16. And whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Colossians 3.17. So I think the skill we're learning here is gratefulness. So the principle is it is my job to intentionally put off the old nature and put on the new. So one way to put off that old nature is to... Uh, name what's hurting me, what's causing me suffering, what's causing me to be stuck, and to put on that new nature. That that nature first has to come to loving God and loving myself. Right on. Yeah, so the conclusion. This is an active spiritual maturity skill. That's, that's, a, that's a mouthful. <laughs> that needs the Holy Spirit to empower us. We must intentionally be conscious of our thoughts and the intentions of our heart. The only way that I have found to do this is to stay in the Word and let the Holy Spirit be my discerner. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Hebrews 4.12. You know, this is, this is a, a powerful verse. Powerful. Yeah, I like it. Um, if I am all over the place, if I'm double-minded, if I'm confused, if I just sit in the Word and I just say to the Lord, I am not moving until you give me peace. It literally takes three minutes, maybe five, till I find this incredible peace. I find a little gold nugget right out of Scripture that speaks to me that I can carry with me throughout the day. That Word is going to bring me um, back to center me with God so that I can have my peace. So I want it to be able to discern my thoughts and my attitudes so that I know from where I need to repent because I may be responsible for 5% of the problem, where maybe the other person's responsible for 95%, but I'm not responsible for, fin- for repenting for their 95%. I'm responsible for humbling myself and repenting for my 5%. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And now it's I can probably grow. never that horrible of a ratio with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a mess. It's got to be at least 50-50. 50-50. Okay. <laughs> so that's what the spirit looks like. It looks like uh, love. It looks like peace. It looks like joy. It looks like identifying your suffering and releasing it and saying, Lord, I can't fix this. Lord, I can't control that. Lord, I can't manage that. Lord, I'm just going to walk with you. 
I don't know what this is going to look like, but I'm just going to, I don't care how ugly, how bad, how, how many times I stumble, how many times I, I have to get up and keep coming, I am going to put my hand to the plow and I am not turning back. And Bobby, when I got to that point, I think God got serious with me. We always say it is what it is. Yes, and he started answering my prayers. So before that time, I mean, I got saved at nine years old. But I was probably backslidden a hundred times because, of course, I thought I couldn't pray if I didn't have a dress on. So every time I took that dress off, I backslid. And finally, at about 27, 28 years old, I said, Lord, I'm just, I, I don't care how short my hair is, how short my skirt is, how, how much makeup I have on. I, I'm, I'm just going to keep coming back. And, and I realized that the Lord was looking at the inside anyway. He wasn't looking at my outside. My outside will get cleaned up when my inside gets cleaned up. Yeah. And so I just had to just keep moving. To I had to dig my heels in and say, I am not turning back. And when I did that, I could pray a prayer. And in one day, he would answer it three different ways. I'd listen to a sermon on the radio from Cleveland, and the preacher would give me the answer. I'd flip the station, and a preacher in Texas would say, now, that wasn't in my sermon, so that's for somebody out there. But it was the exact same answer. I'd go to Walmart, and I'd run into somebody I hadn't seen for years who would give me the exact same answer. So the Lord spoke to me very loudly when he first started speaking to me and answering my prayers and made it very clear until I could start living by the Spirit and hearing that still, small voice. There are no coincidences. Just God showing off. So, Lord, would you help me to fellowship with you in a way that I may mature and live out of my spirit and not my soul. Help me to recognize when I am in the soulish side of my emotional suffering and reject the self-critical, judgmental voice that would keep me oppressed and sick. Help me to realize that I don't need to be perfect. I just need to yield to you to do this work in me. Give me your grace to put off the old nature and to put on the new. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. This is the Rocker Recovery, and this was uh, the Spirit and Soul Disconnect book, lesson number one. This is available on AmazonBooks.com. And it's Go also out and buy the book. <laughs> and it's also uh, on our, you can find the link on our website, Rocker Recovery. We just appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next time. All right, bye bye.